Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Buffalo's own, the editor-in-chief at Raw Story, Dave Leventhal. Dave, good morning. Good morning to you, Joe Beamer. Uh, Dave, it's been a busy week, but something that we we have to talk about before we get into politics. I need your prediction for the game that kicks off at 425. I mean, there's only one prediction to be had, and that is a Bills victory. I mean, we, we know what is at stake here. We, we know that a win will put us where we need to be, which is on the precipice of the playoffs. And, you know, the alternative is a, a little bit bleak, not, uh, not game over, but pretty darn close. So I'm going to say Buffalo Bills 34 and the Cowboys 21. I like that. I like that prediction. Yeah, I mean, this this is how into, like, you know, deciding the playoff things I am. I paid $4 for a month of the New York Times during a uh, uh, promotion they were doing just so I could have the playoff machine. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I think you're probably not alone, uh, even if some people are having to follow hard to uh, subscribe to the New York Times. Nevertheless, it's uh, it's going to be something that will, uh, you know, help their Bills fandom uh, maybe just that little bit more. Yeah, that playoff machine is something else. Well, Dave, we have a, a lot to get into, and I want to actually start with something we talked about in, in the 1030 segment here locally and then work to nationally, and that is the New York State redistricting. Um, I mean, this is something that I'm sure eyes are on in Washington. Eyes are on like crazy because it, it in a 2024 election context next year, it could very well mean the balance of the House. Uh, it, and, and that's not an overstatement. I mean, we're talking about a Republican majority right now that is a, a hair's breadth away from becoming a Democratic majority. And it only is going to require the flipping of a couple seats one way or another for one party or the other to, to, to have power in the House going into the next congressional session. So when we're talking about potentially two, three, four Democratic seats uh, that don't exist right now, then that's, uh, that, that's huge. And of course, the, the math is complicated, and you've got uh, 435 seats all across the country that are going to be run. But nevertheless, when uh, it's really going to come down likely to just a, a couple of dozen seats all around the country, that, that's some, some serious numbers going in the direction of the Democrats. So Republicans are going to have to grapple with that. They're going to have to grapple with that pretty hardcore. And uh, it, it just makes that 2024 election uh, that much more uh, fraught for, for both parties as a result of, of these uh, new maps that are likely going to be drawn and need to be filed by the end of February. Anywhere else in the country where districts were challenged that we're going to see new districts for 2024? 
Yeah, well, there there have been challenges uh, around the country, and uh, you know, I, I don't have the the map uh, directly in front of me, but uh, huge swaths of the South are ones that uh, have uh, have been. Uh, it issued not recently, meaning the past few days, but uh, over the past many months. And off the top of my head, uh, North Carolina is a big one. Maryland is a big one. Uh, and Alabama is a big one. So, you know, you've got uh, a, a number of different variables here going into the election that do go beyond New York State. So depending on the results that exist right now, plus any changes that are ordered up between now and the election, I mean, we could be looking at a, a fairly different map than we would have expected absent these court challenges. Well, we will keep our eye on that, Dave. Now to D.C., where, um, you know, it's right before the holiday time, but uh, I always talk about how people, you know, are only doing 50 percent of their work. Uh, but it seems like in D.C., everyone is actually deciding to work right before the um, holiday recess. And we will start with Hunter Biden was supposed to talk to Congress. He says he wants to talk to Congress, but just in a public forum. How did this go down? <laughs> well, I, I should know, first of all, that not everyone does want to do their work. I mean, that the House is already getting out of Dodge here and, and going home. So, you know, if you're looking for everyone to be toiling up until Christmas Eve or something, not so much. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, there's been a flurry of action, at least up until this point, uh, in the House and the Senate side and, and throughout Washington uh, in general. The Hunter Biden drama just charges forward. And we've got really two things that are uh, so intimately interrelated going on at the same time on somewhat parallel tracks. Number one is the, as you mentioned, the, uh, the, the hearing that didn't happen with Hunter Biden, where Hunter Biden came to Washington, D.C. He is in the midst of a very, very public uh, and, and very high stakes spat with uh, a House committee that wants him to testify. Hunter Biden wants to testify in public. The committee is saying, no, 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 we want you to testify in private. And this may go down in a way where Hunter Biden could potentially be held in contempt of Congress if he doesn't, uh, if, if he doesn't adhere to the, the rules of the road that the House itself is setting forward as controlled by Republicans. And the other track is the Joe Biden impeachment inquiry, which is now officially underway. It doesn't mean that Joe Biden is being impeached. This doesn't mean that an impeachment vote has been taken. But what it does is it formalizes an investigation process into whether Joe Biden has, uh, has risen to the constitutional standard of committing any type of, quote, high crime or misdemeanor. And uh, so this is something that is highly controversial because even some Republicans acknowledge that there is no evidence at this point that indicates that Joe Biden has done that. But this is going to be a process that will find out if any such high crime or misdemeanor has taken place. And, and what would those high crimes and misdemeanors be? Well, at least in large part, this is being driven by whether Joe Biden has personally benefited from Hunter Biden's uh, various business dealings. And mind you, Hunter Biden is in a world of trouble. Uh, he's somebody who is facing federal criminal investigations and, and very well could uh, have a penalty that would be incredibly serious up to and going to jail. But uh, at the same time, impeachment, well, this is not a legal process. This is a purely political process. And anyone who ever paid attention to the Bill Clinton impeachment process or the Donald Trump impeachment process knows that all too well that impeachment is driven by politics. It's not driven by the law in a criminal court context. So as a result, 
Republicans are going to plow forward with this. And whether they ultimately get to an impeachment uh, is remains to be seen. And there are definitely some Republicans who are very wary of going in that direction, especially during an election year, Joe. Speaking of, uh, of, of the inquiry, what was the... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Oh, was it right along party lines? Was there anyone that went against party lines? It was. It was a right along party lines, and uh, and that was at the committee level. But I think a big question here is whether that would stay true if ultimately this does get to a full vote of the U.S. House of Representatives on the question of whether Joe Biden should be impeached, which would mean that if he is impeached, and, and it all simply takes a majority vote. Now, we're not talking super majorities here. You don't need two-thirds. You just need a simple majority to impeach a president of the United States. If that was to happen, then this would go ostensibly to the U.S. Senate for a trial. And we can almost certainly say at this point in time, even with uh, so many things left to happen, that the Senate would absolutely in no way, shape, or form convict Joe Biden because the votes are just simply not there there, you need a two-thirds vote to convict somebody uh, in an impeachment trial in the U.S. Senate, and that's just not going to happen. Uh, it's a it's a Democratic-controlled Senate, and uh, some Republicans might vote against it too. But I think the big question to go back to the House is whether there would be some Republicans who would defect and who would not vote with the vast majority of Republicans to go forward and impeach Joe Biden. There may be some who just say, nope, that's a bridge too far for me, and I'm not going to do it. Now, there was a, a bill passed in uh, in Washington, and that was the defense bill, Dave. What was in this bill? It seems like it, it took a, a backseat to everything else that was going on in the news this week. Yeah, and, and you know, amazingly so, in, in normal times, uh, a expenditure, or at least the authorization of expenditures of $885 billion would be pretty darn big news. But in a way, it was a much smaller package that has been getting the headlines, and that's a supplemental bill that would fund uh, uh, efforts in Ukraine and Israel and potentially uh, along the U.S. south border. And uh, that's the one that has been hung up and is still unresolved. The defense package itself is going forward to make sure that the U.S. military has the money and the financial resources it needs to go and do its thing. And that's a whole heck of a lot. So that is effectively signed, sealed and delivered. But it's going to continue through the holidays, it appears, uh, to determine whether there's going to be additional funding that's going to go forward in earnest for the war efforts and the U.S. support of the war efforts in Ukraine against Russia. 
and to support Israel and uh, in its fight against Hamas. And much of this is contingent indeed on whether the Congress is going to provide support for to, to the tune of likely tens of billions of dollars on securing the southern border. So these things are have been uh, intermingled despite some protests, especially from Democrats. But, you know, Republicans really see this as an opportunity to uh, to to address a huge priority of theirs, which is securing the southern border. Well, most Democrats are much more focused on uh, the funding for Ukraine. And Joe Biden is a, a huge proponent of uh, funding and continuing to support uh, funding for Israel. So all of these are together. None of it is solved. And you know, Merry Christmas to everyone. Uh, we're going to be back at this uh, after the holidays. And when you say after the holidays, Dave, uh, when does Congress get back? Is this like college or is this like high school right after the holiday? <laughs> More like high school. I, <clears throat> pardon me. Congress, you know, Congress really loves to take vacations. They really love working three and four day weeks. So wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if we, we all could have a work life like Congress? Right. Uh, but uh, they're going to be back pretty soon. After the new year, uh, the the first week, uh, they're, they're going to be back, and uh, they're not going to be back necessarily in full, and you're not going to have a full work week, especially with the new year holiday, but they are going to be back uh, at it pretty quickly, and uh, there's there's going to have to be some sort of res- resolution pretty quickly, especially on the he- heels of uh, Ukraine President uh, Volodymyr Zelensky coming to Washington, D.C. just a few days ago, making a plea to Congress, to the White House, to support him. His argument was, look, if you don't support us, if you don't help us, then Russia has a very strong chance of beginning to uh, to overrun us. Uh, it's been mostly a stalemate for this year in terms of land occupied in Ukraine. And as a result, uh, it, it's uh, something that has allowed Ukraine to to keep Russian aggression at bay, at least when it comes to going toward Kiev again or, or coming to other parts of the country. And, you know, Poland and other European countries, uh, they're, they're very wary, too, of uh, anything that's uh, going to be less than the U.S.'s full support, because the, the great fear is that Russia would just keep going. And, uh, and whether that's Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, other countries uh, that, that border Ukraine or are close to Ukraine, that's uh, something that is a huge concern for those countries in Europe. Dave, speaking of uh, Congress and Washington and everything going on, this did not surprise me. I don't think it will surprise many people, but you retweeted this, and I, I got to bring it up. It's from the Pew Research Center. Um, Americans don't fa- favor pretty much anything in Washington favorably. Congress and both of the major parties have unfavorable ratings. Um, Dave, I look at this and say there are members of these parties that don't even view their own party favorably. <laughs> and, and that's the truth, uh, if, if you believe what people are saying. And, you know, I'm not surprised by that. Many people here in Washington are not surprised, and I suspect many people in Buffalo are not surprised either that, that there's just sort of a malaise that has fallen over the Republican Party. Let, let's put it this way. If you're a Democrat and, and, and you're, you're a pretty blue, true blue Democrat, uh, are you really just – that excited about Joe Biden standing for president again in 2024? Well, when you look at the poll numbers, many Democrats are not. Well, of course, they, they think that Joe Biden is going to be a better president than Donald Trump, were Donald Trump to win the Republican nomination, as it appears likely that he will do. But at the same time, too, Joe Biden has hardly even run a campaign yet, uh, and he's not out there. He's uh, obviously got a lot to do here in Washington, D.C., in the White House in terms of domestic and international affairs, but 
you know, you got to make a compelling case for yourself as to why you should be the president of the United States uh, above, well, the other guy's worse than me, so vote for me. So there, there's a, a, you know, a certain degree of, of just, uh, you know, lack of excitement uh, that, that comes from the Democrats. On the Republican side, I mean, you may love Donald Trump, but it's, it's incessant and it's exhausting. If, if it's not one criminal trial, it's the second or the third or the fourth one. Or the civil trial that Donald Trump may very well lose a huge chunk of his business empire. Or any of the other things that are going on, including civil trials that have declared that uh, he committed sexual assault. Uh, not a criminal trial, but, you know, it's just one thing after another after another, save for the constant barrage of statements that a lot of people, uh, even on the Republican side that I talk to, are like, oh, this is not helping our cause. Such as when Doc, Do Donald Trump says, oh, yeah, you know, first day in office is president again. Uh, I'd love to be a dictator on first the first day. Well, you know, is that really all that democratic? Many Republicans are saying, eh, not the best thing to say. So put that all together and you have, especially going into this presidential race, just a you know, I, I think a, a poll that has kind of fallen over the race uh, because do people really want Donald Trump, Joe Biden 2.0? You know, the two old guys from the last election, four years older, running again against each other. That's a real thing. And, and that's a real concern that is being reflected in the opinions of people who are offering those opinions up in polls that are being taken, such as this. Speaking of the former president, uh, the prosecutor of the January 6th case is looking for help from the Supreme Court. When should we know the results of that case? Likely pretty pretty quickly, at least in terms of uh, what the Supreme Court is uh, going to do. And it, it remains to be seen exactly where this is going to go. But that is definitely something that is, uh, you know, a huge uh, twist in, in drama here. I mean, Jack Smith, the special prosecutor, he wants answers and he, he wants a, a basically a clear path. And part of this is motivated by the fact that Donald Trump has four criminal cases against him that are effectively simultaneous, but he can't be four places at once. So there needs to be some sort of semblance of a sane schedule and mind you, this is all going to be going on in a legal sense while Donald Trump is running for president in a political sense. So the swirl of uh, the combining factors here is, is one that makes for a absolute scheduling nightmare. But it also, too, has some very profound uh, political ramifications as to whether Donald Trump is going to be able to run a full and free campaign in the midst of these criminal trials that are going to be taking place as soon as early next year. Now, you uh, wrote a piece over on Raw Story. Uh, healthcare nonprofits are accepting millions from big tobacco. I mean, the headline itself shows uh, shows some cause for concern. What uh, What is going on, Dave? Yeah, we, we obtained a document, uh, reviewed it, and it indicates uh, it's a corporate governance document from the big tobacco company Altria. And they make millions and millions of dollars of charitable contributions uh, every year. That That's uh, something that's known, and it's not uncommon for large companies uh, to do that. But what was fascinating about this particular document was that there were more than a dozen health organizations, nonprofit organizations that were the recipients of charity from Altria. And these, many in many cases, were nonprofit organizations that overtly advocate against tobacco. So 
all right, we decided it would be curious to find out what these nonprofit organizations have to say for themselves. And many just simply didn't want to talk to us. It ostensibly was very embarrassing to them. But uh, basically, you know, Eltria has made a concerted effort to pump millions of dollars uh, into organizations that one would say would likely be their enemies. And talk to a number of different uh, people for this story, including a couple of lawyers and professors who are very anti-tobacco and have fought against big tobacco over the years. And they said, well, this is image washing. What they're trying to do is not charity per se, but it's uh, trying to bolster their image by association. If you give, for example, $500,000 to the Red Cross, or you donate to uh, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, as was the case, or sickle cell operations, or Alzheimer's groups, uh, then it's something that, number one, bolsters your image, but also, number two, may make those organizations uh, think twice about uh, openly criticizing Big Tobacco or Altria because there's a financial relationship that has been struck there. So, Believe what you want to believe, but uh, these are the facts of the matter that Big Tobacco is definitely doing this and uh, is doing it as recently as this year. Fascinating stuff, Dave, and make sure you go and read that. It's uh, Busted Healthcare Nonprofits Are Accepting Millions from Big Tobacco. You can find that and much, much more from our friend Dave Leventhal at rawstory.com. Dave, enjoy uh, the game today, and uh, I think this is the last time we'll speak on air, so have a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too, and, of course, go Bills. Go Bills. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and, yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.